Hello, Team Builder, and thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Cavert of Fun Doing and On Team Building. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. Hey, Chris, how's Hello, it going? Michelle. It's going well. Good. It's late in the day. We don't tend to record late in the day. We don't, but, you know, time is hard right now. We're, we're going to give it our best. <laughs> we we're are. Give it our best. We, we're going to dive right in today, too. Yeah, we've we got an interesting topic that we're, we've already been talking about too much. So we've, I know. we've pressed the record button, <laughs> so we're going to go with What are we going to talk about? Okay, today we're going to talk about the challenge of making choices. So when we were, you know, to... You know, to keep with our theme of an activity podcast and then a theory podcast and then an activity one and then a theory one. So today is theory. And so we were thinking of talking about the challenge of making choices. Now, of course, if you're a team builder and you've done any type of research or studying at all on, you know, how to be a good team builder, you've probably heard the phrases challenge by choice or more recently, the challenge of choice. So yeah. challenge by choice. In, in specifically in adventure education, yes. we use that term yes. quite a bit. And yeah. challenge by choice, I first learned of it when I you know, read the Islands of Healing book that was uh, published by Project Adventure back in the day. And I know you first learned it from Carl. Yeah, well, knowing Carl and hearing the story, it started out just him playing with acronyms. Mm. And then this CBC has to do with blood. And his medical background, he was a medic in the army, I believe. Hopefully I'm saying that right. And his playing around with that, he stumbled onto that idea about challenge by choice mm. in the adventure world mm -hmm. and not pushing people to do something they don't want because it could lead to a misadventure. Yeah. So the idea of challenge by choice is a project adventure, I think, started there or kind mm -hmm. of the the genesis yep. i guess would be there of that term and it's it's grown exponentially it has since then well yes. and there's a lot more thought leaders there's a lot more practitioners now than you know that are practicing now than were back then you know i know tom lay here our good friend he also um changed the way he says it a little bit to the challenge of choice and kind of making a little bit of a twist there and, you know, and then when Chris and I were just talking about it, I'm like, why don't we actually dissect and talk a little bit about the challenge of making choices, whether you're a participant, as a facilitator, what that looks like. And then we were also just sharing with us before we started recording about how we viewed that phrase when we were new facilitators versus now that we've both been doing it a little while, a little bit more seasoned facilitators, what do we do now that maybe we didn't do when we were newer because we maybe made a few mistakes or learned a few lessons that now we, we do things very differently because of those you know early experiences yeah. that we had yeah and and for me it started in 1990 mm. I'm dating myself a little bit <laughs> where I spent quite a few days in training hours with Project Adventure trainers. I uh, went to several workshops, several trainings, um, had their books. Islands of Healing was, was one of my first books that I dove into. That and Silver Bullets, mm -hmm. um, Cows, Tails, and Cobras too. 
and Challenge by Choice definitely stood out in those publications. And the way I remember it is, as a new facilitator was you, you have the opportunity to do this challenge or not. Mm. It was almost like a dichotomy. Right. Where when you say challenge by choice, we didn't set any limits. Mm -hmm. It was do it or don't do it. Right, yep. And that was often a struggle for me at times because I didn't have the language to help people understand the kinds of choices that were possible. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it took me a while. But in the beginning, um, just offering that, well, here's what it is. And you, know, you can support people from the ground and that's great. Um, or you can give it a try. Mm. Uh, Carl's, uh, one of Carl's phrases was, uh, give it your best try. Yeah. You know, that sort of a thing. And if you, if you don't complete the activity, that's fine, but at least you've tried. Right. You know, at least you've made an attempt. And when, you, when I look back on that experience, I, I really didn't provide enough of an opportunity of choice because mm. I just didn't get it. Right. I thought it was, this, is, this was it. Yeah, you either do it or you don't do it. Yeah. And I yeah. kind of felt the same way. Like we didn't, I think now we give people more choices on things that are acceptable that they could do, right? And, or, or before it was just either do it or not do it. And now it's like, okay, well, set a goal for yourself and, and push yourself that what would be one step further than what you think you could do? And then, you know, and give people options that in that regard, um, rather than either step up and do it and or just or sit down and like and just go over here. Because then what you end up with is you have maybe 10 invested people and then you have two behavior problems off to the side. Because once people are no longer invested in what you're doing, then they're going to start squirreling around and doing other things that then now your attention has to be in two places and you right. know and I know that you and I both started out in kind of adventure therapy as well to where the the people coming through some of our programs were also people that needed that partially their choices got them to where right. they were and those weren't great choices and so when we really started talking today about you know the challenge of making choices it really started getting us thinking about how do we make sure that we are presenting options for people that are acceptable that they feel good about that they don't feel like if i don't climb this 50 foot pole and jump off and do the you know do the paper pole whatever it is that i'm a failure that i actually am doing something where i'm still contributing still feel good about my contributions and feel good about pushing myself um outside of my comfort zone yeah and it and as we know today as we work with challenge by choice we're all all the other ways people say it, mm -hmm. uh, your choice of challenge, or um, have you heard any other types of challenge by choice phrases? Uh, choose your challenge, mm -hmm. that's another yep, that's one. Another one. Yep. And people are using different ways and terms to get connected with their participants. I still think it's challenging for people to make what they might view as less of a choice than others. So it's really about how we front load experiences, how we create a safe psychological environment for people to choose their level of participation. And I, that leads up to, as you're doing your icebreakers and name games and getting to know each other, hopefully you start expanding the types of choices that they'll make because mm -hmm. they feel safe to make choices. Right. 
friends of ours up in Canada, AdventureWorks, they have a, a process of having an activity, but then having a list of choices mm. that people could choose from. Mm -hmm. uh, it gives the opportunity to, to see or, or notice the, what I would say, the doors available to them. Yeah. I, when I first started, I gave them two doors. Right. And that was it. They, they don't really know what other choices. And I think those kids that we worked with who had the behavior problems, they were not surrounded by people that helped them to see other choices and right. then to support them through those choices. Mm -hmm. And like team builders, if we had a list of things, most of those tougher choices are happening during the high course elements or right. the aerial adventures. And so like the example of the, the power pole or the, the traditional pamper pole, mm -hmm. leap of faith, you give them the idea of how do you, how can you be a part of the team and make choices to support the team, here are some options. Holding the ladder, being a spotter at the bottom of the ladder, mm -hmm. um, helping with the belay team, manage the rope. Uh, if you wanna try to climb a little bit, just climb up to the top of the ladder and come down. If you wanna go halfway up, then come down. You, you can kind of sense what you're capable of and you can always change your mind. Mm -hmm. So as facilitators, we're providing opportunities for them to choose from and also letting them know it's okay to change your mind. We're gonna support you. Mm -hmm. That's what we're here for, because things are scary. And we're gonna to try to go do things that are maybe a little uncomfortable, um, but we can try. And if, if you need to come down, come down. And then we'll, see, we'll get an another opportunity later to do something difficult. You can have another try. So I think it's more about giving them options. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and also making sure that the options, whatever they choose, is an acceptable choice. Right. Also, I have a quick story I'm going to tell that um, I, I sometimes use this example when I am teaching my experiential facilitation 101 course around when you are giving participants choices, make sure both of them are acceptable. Now, this is an example that happened with my son when he was five years old, when he was in kindergarten. So he's my oldest, so he was, it was my very first parent-teacher conference I had ever had, right? So, you know, you go in and you're hoping that you're, you know, your kid is doing well in school, he's in kindergarten, it's our first time meeting, you know, the kindergarten teacher and all this. And so we come in, like, oh, you're Dawson's parents. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, first, let's talk about the good. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, let's do it. So we talked about, like, I don't even remember what the good was because what happened next was, like, is so burned into my brain. But she was like, well, we have a few challenges that, that we need to talk about. I'm like, okay, we're, we're on your side. Like, if we're all, we are big believers in behavior change and we're if you if he's doing something you don't like then please tell us and we will help, we will support you so anyway she said now Dawson has been really really tired in the afternoons and I said well okay I'll totally own that I when I went to kindergarten we took naps and so I just assume I mean this is my first kid so I just assume that kindergartners still take naps well guess what they don't they don't take naps anymore so Dawson had napped every day of his like life up until <laughs> the first day of kindergarten well of course he's tired because I did not wean him off of those so, so I told her I said I said I am so sorry that uh, if I would have known that was a thing that I would have weaned him off and so I could take some responsibility for that she goes well I said but give me an example of how he's being disruptive in class because I'm just I'm curious and she said well like the other day he, I could tell he was getting really tired and so I said Dawson you have two choices you can either stay here and continue participating in class or you can go off to the side and you can put your head down and I was like 
okay. And she goes, and do you know what he chose? And I said, I'm going to guess he chose to put his head down. Yes. And I'm like, so let me get this straight. You gave him two choices, but you just don't like what he chose? She's like, well, he should have stayed and participated in class. I'm like, okay, well, he's five. And so (laughs) if you're going to give two choices, they both have to be acceptable. So I'm like, oh, gosh, now I'm going to be that parent, right? (laughs) Right? And so um, so anyway, but I use that example um, when I'm teaching facilitators is that that when you are giving your participants choices, make sure that whatever they choose, I love this list idea, right? Or maybe they're even cards, like a, you know, like give the group, here's here's 10 choices that you could do in this next activity, but make sure that all 10 of those choices are acceptable, right? right? So that you're not testing them to see which one is the better choice or the one that would please me more, but, which one, I mean, that, that all of them are actually acceptable. Yeah. And something I learned from our friend, again, Tom Leahy, around going to an element, and then he would say, okay, what do you assume is going to happen here? Mm. And then we would all talk about what we think is going to happen. And again, the, the, the pamper pole, oh, we're going to climb to the top and we're going to jump off. You know, that's the obvious one. And he says, well, what else? What else can be done here? And, and I like that way of bringing group to an element and then pointing out the obvious, but then what else could we do? What, what are we the do other instead? choices mm-hmm. that we have around here to support each other and to challenge ourselves? Now the group can make that list and decide choice. And then if they miss a few, you could say, and there's a couple other things I have on the list too. Mm-hmm. I love your idea with the cards. Mm-hmm. Let's choose a card that could be your goal. Right. And then do the best you can. Again, we're just, we're going to support you if you change your mind. Mm-hmm. But the idea is we've got some choices and here are some options. Yeah. I like kind of the card idea because then you're like, all 10 of these things have to be completed by the team. So now all of a sudden you've made it to where you they have to make these choices. Mm-hmm. But uh, but they, they could do multiples, right? So maybe I hold the ladder, but I also decide to climb. Or maybe if I don't want to climb, I now have like, well, I will do the hold the ladder one because this is something that as our group, we have to do. Like it. So, you know, so now you're setting up to where people can make safe choices uh, for themselves. Safe meaning emotionally safe, physically safe, like whatever their comfort level is. And yet then they don't feel like I feel like more of a failure. I didn't do as much because I didn't choose to go high or something like that so in your experience when you teach in your experiential 101 Mm -hmm. um, when you talk about challenge by choice or the choice of challenge how do you frame that for people when they're learning from you yeah you know i really do talk about just the concept to where not everybody has to do everything so it follows the skill that I teach around um, comfort zones to where letting people have options to where they can step outside their comfort zone into the stretch zone and then into the danger zone. And if we push people a little bit too far and they hit that danger zone, panic zone kind of place, that no new learning takes place um, when they get pushed a little bit too far outside their comfort zone. So making sure that there's adequate choice and then making sure that they uh, they they have options for for being able to um, do something different and that not yeah. everybody yeah. has to do everything yeah and and the group understanding that we're going to support 
everyone in their level of choice. Mm-hmm. And even though we know as adults or as facilitators that we know they can do it because it's possible, uh, our job is to create that environment where they're making the, the what's choices that are good for them mm-hmm. at that moment in time. Yeah. And, and then the hope, what I, what I learned about choice in my programming yeah. is to allow time for a second attempt, like another try. Mm. And a lot of times that's what the, the challenge of a program is time limit, your time frame of things, which everybody gets one chance and then you're done because you got to move to the next activity. Right. Would it be a better way to program to give other people that second chance? Because now you know they'll go further. Mm. Uh, recently, uh, this last December, we did a leap party to leap in the new year. Hmm. And it was just for family and friends where, at the organization where I work at. And there weren't very many people, so we had a lot of time. We had, to- hmm. you know, we had probably three hours we were hanging out together. And there was one young lady who went probably seven times. But it took her, you know, the first time top of the ladder, then the second time a couple staples hmm. up the yeah. pole. But it took her till the seventh time to be able to get to the top of the pole where she sat on it and then swung off. Right. But that built that courage to know she could go one step further and then come down. Right. And a lot of times our programs don't allow for that opportunity for people in that moment to, st- to go to that stretch zone. Yep. You know, if you only have one shot and you don't do it, then that what does that leave them with? Because right. they, they made a choice and then they come down and go, oh, uh, I know I could have gone a little yeah. further because I, I think I could do it. But then they don't get that, well, that opportunity. Well, you know, and another thing that I teach in the course, another skill I teach is around that whole emotional safety and physical safety. So as facilitators, we have a responsibility to maintain both, right? As far as we have to keep an emotionally safe environment and a physically safe environment. And so part of that is, again, letting people make those choices that are good for them from an emotional safety point of view and a physical safety point of view. So part of that, sometimes it might be what might appear to be a physically challenging decision for them, but really what's happening is it's an actually emotionally challenging um, situation. So we might even be misjudging or misreading what's really going on in their brains. And so allowing them you know i know we chatted before i don't think this was on the recording but previous where you have like a like you have a a a power pole quote unquote that is only like five feet off the ground to where they get to practice the transition piece really low to the ground with spotters and things like that before you do it when it's 50 feet off the ground that's a really big difference so it's that whole progression of experiences that build their confidences then to know that they can do it you know, when they are in the air being on, you know, belayed and supported by the people on the ground. Yeah, because when they see things that influences their choices, mm-hmm. that that example, like who wants to go first? And it's usually the people who can go all the way to the top, ring the bell and jump off and they're smiling and it's a piece of cake. Mm-hmm. Well, how does that influence someone's choice? Well, now I'm not even going to try because I'm not going to get up there. Right. So I'm just going to stay right on the ground and then nobody's going to be judging me for my inabilities. Right, to do it exactly the way they just yeah. did it. So who's that first person? Is the first person someone maybe you say, okay, you know, go halfway up and then swing off for us. 
You know, you don't have to go all the way to the top. And you know, how do you how do you get into that progression of things and how we see things? Do do you are you if you have two facilitators, one that can belay you depending on your elements, and you can show the different ways of going up and coming off, and then give examples so people can see uh, what their choice might look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that part of what you could program uh, to be able to? influence or um, give some comfort to choice because visualizing is sometimes difficult Mm -hmm. right so giving those examples might be a way to help people make choices that are good for them yeah Yeah. so that's the topic of the challenge of making choices you know and when we look back I, I definitely made some choices when I was a younger facilitator around what I understood the challenge of choice or the challenge by choice to be And now with a little bit more experience, I have a very different relationship with the challenge of making choices. The choices we make as facilitators that impact our participants and then allowing them the opportunity to make good choices for them that they feel good at the end of the day, at the end of the program, they feel really good about the contributions that they made. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris about team building.